This week on Cinematic Sound Radio. includes some of the lengthiest film music cues you'll ever hear. My name is Eric Woods. Thank you very much for joining me. Sit back, kick up your feet, and relax as Cinematic Sound Radio begins now. For film, television, and video game music since 1996, this is Cinematic Sound. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the program. I'm on vacation this week, and I actually considered not doing a show. It takes hours to produce these programs, and I just haven't had the time this week to write a show in the normal format. However, I thought, let's do one anyway. I'm winging it, sort of. Well, let's just see how this goes. Uh, I'll let the music do the talking, but I'll have a few things to say as well. So instead of writing long, elaborate reviews of each score that I'm going to play for you on the program, I'll just uh, give you the basic information and uh, we'll get on with it. However, I did pick a theme today, and it's basically going to be just a mixed bag of sorts. Now, I'm not sure how many of you know, but... Thanks to W Rock Radio, the format of my show has changed significantly since I joined a few months ago. I used to produce programs that ranged in the one hour to four and a half hour program. Why? Well, I could basically get away with it because I was doing my own thing. I didn't really have to stick to a time frame. When W Rock Radio came along, I was now, for the first time in 10 years, obligated to follow a strict time frame. My shows couldn't go longer than two hours. In the beginning, that was hard because for almost 20 years, I've been doing the show one way. I had a format that worked, but with the two-hour time limit, things had to change. So when I produce my show now, I have to be conscious of that time limit and limit my musical selections to 50 minutes per hour because of my on-air bits usually add up to about 10 minutes or so. So let's say I wanted to play three albums per hour. I'd have to make sure that the music portion for each suite is over 16 minutes in length and under 18 minutes. The number changes once I start adding more albums per hour, but you get the idea of what I have to do for the show. So with that in mind, and in order for me to throw together a show very quickly, I searched through my music library to find single tracks that fit my parameters. I created a smart playlist with those parameters of finding all tracks that are greater than 15 minutes and 59 seconds and less than 18 minutes. iTunes then showed me 67 tracks. A lot of them were suites edited from... Uh, about three or four tracks. I didn't want to use those. I wanted self-contained long tracks, and on today's program, you're going to hear six of them. We're going to open up with what I think is one of the great comic book film scores to one of the greatest comic book films of all time, Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight, which came out in 2008. 
Now, I'm not a fan of Batman Begins, the first film in the series, and I thought Dark Knight Rises was a bloated mess, but what Nolan did for The Dark Knight more than makes up for the mistakes in those two films. Heath Ledger, of course, fantastic as the Joker. It also has a compelling story, great action, and a truly great score by Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard, who expanded on their sound from the first film and delivered an emotional, gritty, tense, action-packed, focused score, which contains one of the great villain motifs of all time. And of course, the motif was the one-note screeching motif for the Joker himself. So to open up today's program, here is the final cue from the score. It's about 16 and a half minutes long, simply called The Dark Knight.
Music from the 2008 film The Dark Knight. The track that you just heard was called A Dark Knight, which was the final cue on the album. About a 16 and a half minute track composed by Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard. You're listening to the film, television, and video game music radio show, Cinematic Sound. Welcome back to the program. Up next, in our Long Tracks Grab Bag show, is Jerry Goldsmith's classic score to the Toby Hooper-directed film, which was produced by Steven Spielberg, a horror film called Poltergeist, released in 1982, which itself is a classic as well. Now, John Williams was initially going to score this film, but he was working on E.T. at that time. Steven Spielberg had always wanted to work with Jerry Goldsmith, and this was the best opportunity for them to do so. What Goldsmith crafted was a lyrical, touching, haunting, and downright terrifying work. And like the film, the main focus of the score's energy and emotions is directed at the family and them finding their lost daughter. Jerry Goldsmith wrote this cue that we're going to play for you right now called Let's Get Her and Rebirth for a scene that is both terrifying and tender. The score plays over what was initially supposed to be, at least to the audience, the climactic rescue of Carol Ann from her possessed bedroom. Her mother, Diane, bravely enters the light and eventually saves Carol Ann and exits from another portal downstairs in the living room. Now, of course, the music's power works alongside the visuals, but like any good film composer, Jerry Goldsmith's score can tell us the story without the visuals. This is a splendid singular cue that is among one of Jerry Goldsmith's all-time best. This is Let's Get Her and Rebirth. From 1982's Poltergeist.
Music from the 1982 film Poltergeist. That was a track called Let's Get Her and Rebirth, with original score composed and conducted by Jerry Goldsmith, and the original soundtrack recording is available on Film Score Monthly CDs. On the air and streaming on the web since 1996, this is Cinematic Sound. Welcome back to the program. Our last long cue for this hour comes from the pen of James Horner, who had a very fruitful collaboration with Ron Howard. Now, James Horner had provided music for other Howard pictures like Cocoon, Willow, Apollo 13, and A Beautiful Mind. The Missing, released in 2003, was Ron Howard's Western thriller starring Tommy Lee Jones and Kate Blanchett. James Horner hadn't scored a Western since Fievel Goes West, but this isn't your typical Western score. Horner drew his inspiration from the more dramatic moments and thriller aspect of the score. And instead of more traditional Aaron Copland-esque influences, James Horner decided to immerse himself in the sounds of Native American culture, strange and haunting chants, percussion, and otherworldly sounds help create the colors of this score. James Horner was always known for his long finale tracks, and in this score, it's no different. He concludes the film with a monstrous 16-minute cue that plays over the film's final scenes and end credits. Here now, music from the 2003 film The Missing, with original score composed and conducted by James Horner, and the original soundtrack recording is available on Sony Classical.
the very best of original music composed for films, television and video games, this is Cinematic Sound. Welcome back to Cinematic Sound Radio. This is the show dedicated to the music of film, television, and video games. My name is Eric Woods, and I'm your host. I hope you're enjoying today's program, one I just basically threw together at the last minute. We're focusing on really long, lengthy film music tracks. And up next, we're going to play music from a stage show called The Adventures of Conan, a sword and sorcery spectacular, which was an attraction at Universal Studios in Hollywood, that ran from 1983 to 1993. It was a 20-minute live-action stage show similar to the theme park's other action spectaculars that took place in an indoor theater and was loosely based on the film Conan the Barbarian. Back in 2000, the defunct specialty label Supertracks released a promo album of the original recording to the stage show. It was a limited-edition run, and quickly went out of print. However, a few years ago, Prometheus Records released their re-recording of Conan the Destroyer, which included the complete suite of the Sword and Sorcery Spectacular, all newly recorded by the City of Prague Philharmonic Orchestra. As much as I enjoy the new recording, I thought it would be a treat for you to hear the original soundtrack recording done in 1983 which was a few years removed from the original Conan and only a year away from the sequel Destroyer. It's interesting to hear this piece as an extension or an unofficial sequel score to Conan, but also how it sounds more in tune with what Polydorus would do for the official sequel in 1984. Anyway, it's a super effort, and on the Super Tracks release, this suite runs 16 and a half minutes in length. Enjoy. This is Adventures of Conan, Sword and Sorcery Spectacular, a stage show which ran for 10 years at Universal Studios. All music composed and conducted by Basil Polidorus.
Basil Polidorus is Adventures of Conan, Sword and Sorcery Spectacular, a stage show which ran between 1983 and 1993 at Universal Studios. And that recording comes off a very rare album released by the now defunct film music label called Super Tracks. On the air and streaming on the web since 1996, this is Cinematic Sound. Welcome back to the program. Up next, we have music from a television miniseries featuring one of just my all-time favorite TV scores. The miniseries was called Son of the Morning Star, released in 1991. It was a two-part television miniseries, which was based on Evan C. Connell's best-selling book of the same name, starred Gary Cole as General Custer. The score for the miniseries was written by an incredible talent, the excellent Craig Saffin from Last Starfighter fame. What he crafted was one of the most gut-wrenching scores I've ever heard, at least its main title, which is enough to make anyone break down in tears. It's a lament-styled theme, which plays a few times in this lengthy cue called Little Bighorn. The string writing for this score is absolutely superb, and the theme gets a full performance right at the end of this lengthy, dramatic battle cue. Craig Saffin will always be one of the most underappreciated film composers of our time. He should have been scoring bigger and better projects. He should still be working today. And this score is proof why. Such an incredible talent, and I'm just glad that when he was given the opportunity, he wrote some of the most spectacular and most memorable music these years have ever heard. Now, I'm really pleased to present the spectacular cue called Little Bighorn from Son of the Morning Star by Craig Saffin, released in 1991.
Craig Saffin's exceptional music from the television miniseries The Sun of the Morning Star, released in 1991. That was the cue Little Bighorn, and the original soundtrack recording was released on Intrada Records. The home for film, television, and video game music since 1996. This is Cinematic Sound. We've sadly come to the end of yet another edition of Cinematic Sound Radio right here on Rock on Radio, WRockRadio.com. Again, thanks to everyone at WRock Radio for helping me get this show on the WRock airwaves. And we are, of course, a part of the Pod Tyrant Network of Podcasts. Thanks to everyone at Pod Tyrant for all their support. Feel free to reach out to me at Cinematic Sound Radio by emailing me at cinematicsound at yahoo.com. Uh, check me out on Twitter at Cinsound Radio, on Facebook at Cinematic Sound. Don't forget to visit cinematicsound.net to hear an archived version of this show and years worth of previous programming as well. We're also on iTunes, and if you listen to this show through iTunes, please rate and review the show. It really helps us get noticed. Throughout all of the podcasts that are being produced in the world, we're doing really well in the Canadian iTunes Music Store. We are still new and noteworthy, and we'd like to be new and noteworthy around the world. Let everybody know what you think of Cinematic Sound on iTunes. Also want to thank Tim Burton for lending his voice for all the bumpers and stingers you hear throughout the program, and composer David Cassina for writing Cinematic Sound Radio's intro music. Now, if you thought that last track we played was spectacular, we have the showstopper for you right now. We're going to play music from The Red Violin, a superb 1998 film which spanned four centuries and five continents to tell the story of a mysterious red-colored violin and its many owners. Now, I simply love this score written by John Corcleano. And what I find so fascinating about this score is the concert piece, the Chacon for Orchestra and Violin, which was actually written before the film score was written. So basically, John Corgliano had already written his film score before the picture was finished, and all he had to do was adapt the concert work to the images. Now, most people would say that's not the way you write film scores, and I've heard some really bad film and television scores that are written that way. But what John Corgliano did with this score is nothing short of, I would say, perfect. Most of the major themes and motifs are actually in the concert work. However, the Chacon is a much larger set piece, which incorporates the entire symphony orchestra. It's very powerful stuff. While the film score itself is a much smaller and more intimate work, the Chacon is easily... One of the greatest standalone pieces of music I've ever heard. And then to hear those themes developed and dissected into the film score is, is such a treat. It's, it's a brilliant feat in itself. If you aren't familiar with the score, then you might want to start with this piece when you have the CD. If you have the CD or don't have the CD. So that you are familiar with the themes and then can go through the score proper and hear how they are adapted and utilized. Or you can just play the album from start to finish, and then you hear the Chacon last, which works as almost a 17-minute long end credit piece. Whichever way you do listen to it, the experience is a rewarding one. It all plays more like a concert work rather than a film score anyway. 
The soundtrack was conducted by Esapekka Salonen and was performed by the Los Angeles Philharmonic. It's one of those rare scores in the past 20 years or so that truly deserved to win the Academy Award. I really do hope that we get to hear more from John Corgliano in film. However, after having his score to Edge of Darkness rejected a few years ago, I highly doubt Corgliano will dabble in film ever again. It's too bad, really, because he's a gifted composer, and those in the classical world know that. And he's written three stunning film scores in his career as well. Revolution made its debut on Verez Serban Records uh, many years ago. And if you don't have Alter States or the Red Violin in your collection, I highly recommend you remedy that right away. You won't be disappointed with any of his works. So to end off today's program, here is the Chacon for Orchestra and Violin, written by John Corgliano for the film The Red Violin. Thank you very much for listening, folks. I really do appreciate it. And until next week, take care and happy listening. <laughs>